Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi everyone, welcome back to Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today I am here with Vanessa, who is a military spouse and kind of has experienced multiple sides of it. So I'm super excited to have you on. So Vanessa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. So start by telling me just kind of a background of your military uh, experience as a family member. Of course. Um, so I'm a military spouse my, because my husband um, was originally in the Marine Corps. Um, we actually met in high school um, freshman year back in 2003. And we just always stood connected. And his dream was always to be a Marine. He His plan was to retire as a Marine. And um, we got married in 2012. Um, he joined in 2009 in the Marine Corps. So he's been in it for quite a while before we officially got married. Um, and then we just started to have our family grow. We had our oldest a daughter, Vanellope. And after he came back from Afghanistan, he just felt like he missed so much because he missed her birth. Um, and then he missed her first birthday because he was out in the field, you know, all these training exercises and things that, you know, normally come up with the military career, just kind of put the family life on the back burner for him because he had 14, 15 hour work days, even much, even longer, depending on the situation, even working weekends. And even though that dream of retirement was always, you know, in his sight, he just felt like this was the time to just get those years back that he missed as far as being a family, being with our daughter. And so in 2015, he decided, you know, I'm going to get out. I'm going to go and get my bachelor's degree, go back to school. And then after he's done, he's like, we'll revisit the military life and and get back in if able to. And so in 2018, he decided, yes, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> He graduated, got his degree with honors. I was so proud of him because he was able to be that stay-at-home dad, but going to school full-time at night and being able to watch our daughter. And I stepped up and I was like, okay, I'm going to work then. You've worked way too long. It's my turn to take over for you to have what I had so long with our daughter and just being able to enjoy that civilian life for a little bit because of the life he lived and endured. And so now... I felt like I was missing home life a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It goes back and forth. It does. It's just one of those things where it's like, where's the balance between, you know, work and and family and it kind of makes it hard. And, you know, we finally, you know, after he got his degree, I was like, oh, maybe we did talk about it. Maybe just get a civilian job. See where that takes you. We were living in Colorado at the time. We just bought a house. You know, I was worked so hard to get to that point too, because I was working in sales and, um, in order to get her house, they want a certain amount. And um, as far as income showing that you could afford it. And I did overtime. I worked weekends. And I'm like, our our fruits of our labor, we were finally able to enjoy it. And then and we had just bought the home in 2017. Here comes 2018. And 
that military life has always been back of his head. It's it. I'm, I'm going back. This is what I got to do. I have to serve my country. And I never wanted to take that away from him because I was so proud of his accomplishments. I was so proud of the love that he had for serving. And that's kind of what drove his ambition and his will to keep, you know, going at times. And so when we had that conversation first, he was like, you know what, maybe I'll do national guard. I'll do that instead. And this way I could still be home with you guys and I'm still serving my country in some form. And so we went to the National Guard in Colorado Springs. My daughter and I were with him and the recruiters talking to him about like, okay, what do you want to do? What's the career type you want to go into? So there's having this conversation and he wanted to go originally in in a certain career. And the guy's like, "Ah, that may not be available in National Guard, but if you go active, that might (laughs) be for you. And he's like, no, I'm just, you know, that's not where I want to go right now. And so I'm like, I think they need a lot more talking to because it just seems like a lot of back and forth and he may not be happy with what might be the options. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go across the street. We'll see you in a little bit. Yeah. Maybe like 10 minutes later. <laughs> he, comes back. he goes, oh, by the way, I went active. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, you did. Okay. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> like it wasn't a too much of a surprise because I kind of sensed that going that direction. Right. It's just that I'm like, okay, are you happy with the branch that you're going with? Because originally it was, I want to go back at the, as a Marine. I want to get back in. But at that time he was 29 and there's a cutoff for going back as a Marine. And unfortunately to them, like you're too old, you can't do it. So he's like, okay, what's the next option? He's like, maybe I'll do Air Force because in Colorado, they have the Air Force. The recruiter never called him back. There was just all this miscommunication. And he was just like, maybe as a sign, maybe the Air Force isn't for me. Well, the Army called him back. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, so that's what, now he, now I'm an Army spouse. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you've seen both the Marine Corps side of it and the Army side of it. Um, What is it was it like you know transitioning from a marine corps spouse to a civilian spouse then to an army spouse it it was a little as far as going from i would definitely say going from civilian to to military first like because knowing my husband what he went through before you know being his friend and dating him and whatnot and go, watching that marine life before marrying him i still knew nothing about the ins and outs And so when we got married, there were so many things that we had to do. We didn't even realize, I guess, when you get married, the Marines want you guys to do like a counseling before you get married to determine like, is this the right route you want to take right away? Do you realize, you know, you're going to be separated for this length of time sometimes? You know, they try to talk to you during this particular counseling. And I had no idea. Apparently he did. And he was like, we don't need that. (laughs) So he didn't even tell me, but we get there and there and I'm going through deers to get my ID and going through the process to, you know, put me in and go for housing and apply. And there was all these little steps and things that he wasn't aware of either until we're going through it. And I felt a little overwhelmed. I was like, oh, my goodness, there's so many little things. They want to know who you are and you got to scan this and do that and give all your background information. And so when we finally got our housing, like I, we didn't live on base right away because we knew he was um, going to be leaving, doing trainings, and then he was going to get deployed shortly after the trainings. And so I was like, oh, just stay back home. And then by the time it was time to get that home, I was like, oh, I'm on my own. I, I had to send him papers and hopefully he got them to get power of attorney to sign while he's away to get the house. So it's all these things that I didn't realize that came up until I was going through that process. And right. so that right there, just it, 
it was overwhelming, but at the same time, I can understand where they're coming from. They want to make sure that the service member is protected while they're gone. Like, is this what they want? Is this what they're asking for? You're not just doing it prematurely or on your own without their authority. So I, I really did respect that part because at least they were taking care of them. But when, you know, you finally get used to being in, in the military and you finally get used to like all these ins and outs of like, okay, I got used to, I can go here, I can go here, I can't go there. I don't need to know this. I do need to know right. that. Though. <laughs> It's like, you don't get this handbook of like everything you need to know, which would be nice, but it's like, okay, now I know all these things. And now it's like, <laughs> you're going back into a world that you haven't been in so long and having to start over and start from scratch. And like you said, with going from a military community to a non-military community, it can be so scary because people are looking at you like, do you belong here? And that's the kind of sense that you feel is like, do I belong here? Because I feel different from them. Even though we're the same, I felt so different because yeah. nobody understood the life we just came from or the fact that we're trying to start a family in, in a new world without the military community backing us up or having that support or being able to talk to someone if I need someone. Because we're originally from California and we decided that wasn't best to raise our family in. So that's mm -hmm. why we moved to Colorado after he separated. And so we didn't know anybody. There's no family. There's no nothing. And even though in the military community, you may not have family nearby, you make family. You yeah. create that family. And so it's like now we're leaving a whole new world where you feel disconnected. Um, but the Marine life and the Army life, are, they are, they're similar, but they're very different. <laughs> right away would come back and be like, it's so different. The rules, like what they would call a cover, they call it a cap or, you know, the, the uniform itself, they have different names and jargon for, for everything. And sometimes it gets very, um, again, overwhelming to be like, okay, I just learned all this stuff. And I got to learn all this new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, it, it's hard. I was an army brat and then I dated a Marine and it's such a different world. Um, my dad was reserved for the majority of the time that I remember. Um, actually for like most of my life, he was reserved. Um, but it's, you know, the same thing, like camis. I had no clue what camis were. Th those are your like everyday uniforms in the Marines though. That's what you call them. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of a cool name. To yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. So everything is so different and it's weird. Um, because, you know, it's all one military, you know, mm -hmm. in the end, it's all one military, everyone's serving, you know, for a greater purpose to protect this country, to keep our freedom free. Um, but each branch is so different. And I talk to people mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, you know, you have your branch rivalries, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like everyone calls the Air Force the Chair Force. Um, mm -hmm. So like you just have like these little like nuances um, of each branch and what you know, the different branches and stuff like yeah. that. But it's so, it's so cool to see just how everything is so different and to have that different perspective, you know, from going Marine to Army and, you know, for me seeing the Army side and then seeing a bit of the Marine side, it's so different. It really is. And it's, it's so funny when you said camis, cause I, like, I still call them that every now and then yeah. I find myself still using that jargon and I'm sure it would have been vice versa if he was army first and Marine, you know, second, right. just because you just get so comfortable. And that's just been what you've spoken for so long is that when you hear it different, you're like, what are you talking about? But at the end of the day, it's all the same, you know, the same thing. It's just different to, 
to that branch. Right. But I, exactly what you said, it's all the same goal and same purpose. And, and that's why for my husband's like, I know when he was in the Marines, it's like one of those things where like, we, we hate army Marines. Hate army. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. really, that's the memory, you know, right there. It's like, nope, we're the real people. They send us first, you know, there's a reason right. why we go first. And it's, um, it's so funny. Cause now that he's in the army, I always tease him every now and then because some t- right now we're at Fort Leonard Wood. So it's a dual base. You can see Marines walking around yeah. and sometimes they're doing things and he goes, Oh, I remember when we did this, I guess they're doing what we used to. And, and there's just this, we, when he's like talking about it as if that Marine comes out of him. And I was like, okay, Marine, remember what you're wearing. You're wearing army. <laughs> I was like, you're just a Marine disguised as an army person, as a soldier right now. But yeah. It's Cause it's just been a part of him for so long, but at the end of the day, you know, him being in it is just the same goal as everybody else is to serve the country with that purpose. And I think for him, and I think that's why for me, when I see him fulfilling his dream and it, and it gets hard because it's so discouraging. Sometimes I do see that, you know, come from him sometimes because it is hard, you know, yeah. you have all these set expectations, things are always changing rules changes, or you go from one duty station to another duty station leadership, the way, you know, some people, one person does something one way, they do something a complete different way, or they expect things differently from you, depending on where you are, or what you're doing. And so it, I do, give so much to the service members because they don't, I don't think a lot of people or civilians know like what they put in and it's so easy for them to see it. I would say like looking from the outside, looking through the window, you know, looking, (laughs) you know, they're looking from the outside in right? and they don't really see what's happening behind the curtain behind, you know, behind the scenes. And I think they don't realize the stress that the military can put on an individual um, while they're trying to achieve that ultimate goal of like, I want to inspire somebody like my husband, the reason why he joins, like, I want to inspire other soldiers. Like when he went back, he's like, I want to be the leader that I always dreamed of having myself or the leader I did have years ago. I want to be that person, if not more. So these guys don't leave. You hear about the turnover and people are like, I'm just ready to get out because they don't see the future the way that he saw the future the way he sees it, you know, like there's more we can do to make, you know, for that greater good. And it's like, as a spouse, you're leaving your world behind so they can fulfill, you know, their dream. But at the end of the day, it's like, our dreams are all coming true because when his dream comes true, mine's do. And then he supports me when I support him. It's just trying to find the way of making that all work with all the changes happening. Yeah, you have to find, you know, some sort of common ground. And that's why a lot of servicemen and women, you know, find it so difficult and so challenging because, you know, you can join at 18, you know, 17. Mm-hmm. And you think about, like, you know, my goal is to serve this country. My goal is to, you know, do all of these things within the military. But then, you know, a spouse comes around, a family comes around. And, you know, you mentioned the turnover rate. That's one reason the turnover rate is so high. And I hear it from so many um, service members each and every day. Like, I don't want to corrupt my kids. Like, I don't want to traumatize my kids. And the thing I just keep saying is you're not. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not. Um, Because it's the stress that's put on the service members um, from their career, from this decision that they voluntarily made, because we don't have a draft going on. Yeah. Uh, and so they voluntarily say, like, I'm going to serve this country. And a lot of people are like, 
you know, they get to that point in their life where a spouse comes around, where kids come around, and it's challenging to find that balance, to find that work-life balance, that happy medium. And the military doesn't give you the choice, you know, you just have to do it. Um, But that's like one reason that the turnover rate is so high. And um, it's hard being a military family member, but it's so uh, rewarding in the end where you can travel the world, you can meet new people, you leave behind your your blood family, Mm -hmm. but you create this family that is so much more than just a friendship. Because it's the stability, I think, with that turnover they were talking about, too, is, like, most of the time they miss that stability. We're, like, well, we have no consistent schedule. Things are always changing. And then when you think about the kids, especially my oldest, who's going to be 10 this year, I think the hardest part for her was just, okay, I just got settled in. Because especially when trainings, when he got back in, you know, you're only in it for a short time at a particular location to finish that course or that training. And then you have to move again. You're like, I didn't get a chance to physically settle in. And then I finally made that friend and now I'm moving again. And it's like, okay, now I have to do it all over. But for my oldest, I don't think I've ever really seen her complain too much. Yes. When she gets there, like, mom, nobody really likes me. You you get that sense. But it's, it's, having to give them the comfort of understanding. It's not that they don't. You're new. People are afraid just like you are and nervous. But when you're in a military school, I tell her, like, they're in the same boat you are in. You're not alone. They were once the new kid before too. And it's just that people are sometimes shy or they put themselves in this reserve because they're afraid to open themselves up because, you know, they're going to go through it all over again. And maybe they're afraid to make that friend just like you are because they're afraid they're going to lose them. But at the end of the day, you're not because you can keep those connections going as much as you can. You can, you know, become pen pals. And I think that's a fun thing, especially for traveling to keep that connection in, in some way. And she loves to travel. That's one of her favorite things. Anytime we're like, oh, we're going to take a road trip. I mean, it's probably just a day trip too. But she's like, are we going to stay in a hotel? Oh, I can't wait. She loves, she's like a gypsy. She's like, I will literally, you know, camp out anywhere. If you're saying we're going somewhere, I'm up for it. And she has like a backpack. She calls her travel bag. She has everything in there that she needs. And she never really, we never really grew up with like having family all the time since she's been born we've always been on the go so there's nobody like really that I would say she's like oh I miss them I mean every now and then she's like hey my cousins I wonder what they're doing but that's what's great about technology I mean it's not the greatest form because it doesn't replace the physical being next to each other but having the ability to to talk over the phone or have video chat has been really helpful for her. But I I see the bravery in her, especially as a military child. I know you can probably relate to this too, which I love. I love talking to military kids because you guys are probably more stronger than us as military spouses because you guys are the ones who just <laughs> go for it. Like me, the, the the parents, we talk about it. I talk to my husband being the service member, like this is what we're going to do. We talk about the plans. Majority of the time, the kids aren't always involved in that. They right. probably get the, the talk of like, this is what's going to happen. Just know that we're going to be moving in five months or six months or this is where we're going to go. And you're probably going to get into school. Just be prepared. Make sure you have your stuff ready. And that's, that's pretty much it. You don't really get too much detail of, you know, what do you think dad should do? You think dad should keep going or get out or, you know, what are your thoughts on it? It's not too much of that conversation because it, it the military kind of forces you at that point. If he's in, you're, you're moving no matter what you're, you're going for it. But I, I think what's most helpful, what I found for, for my daughter is, you know, putting her activities, having her do sports. She loves soccer. So no matter what base we've been to, she's been part of the soccer 
And this year we decided to do soccer off post because off post it was mixed of military people living off post and the civilian community. And I felt like it was really important for her to feel like she belonged in both rather than feeling separated from one over the other, because it can feel that way when, you know, you go out and about and you feel like, Oh, once they know that you're military and for some reason, it's like a different tone. When people talk to you, they think that you, you know, you're entitled or you get all kinds of stuff or you feel that way. And you're like, no, I'm just like you and I'm on a budget. <laughs> I know. And that's the hardest. A lot of people don't realize that military families are on a strict budget. Mm-hmm. We live, especially this, the lower enlisted, you live basically at the poverty line, you know, mm-hmm. and so many people don't realize that. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And like, I know, remember when um, my daughter, when we first had her um, my husband, and I were like, oh, we make decent, a decent amount, you know, but, you know, we have a car yeah. and you have a house, yeah. you have all these things that come up. And then when your daughter come, your children come into play. Now it's like once was comfortable is now stretched. And now we have two more kids and it becomes stretched. And then you have another, you know, vehicle because you both need one to get places. You can't rely on, you know, one and sharing and, and whatnot, depending on the situation. And there's just so many things that come into play. And, and with the economy, you know, increasing, it's like, I can't afford what I used to afford to live comfortably. Yeah. So I really, you know, we try to find like free things to go do if we, if we can. <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, and it's, it's just disappointing because even if you're either lower enlisted or higher ranked no one truly knows what your finances are because you could have a big family or you could have multiple things that you're taking care of to ensure that your family is taken care of right and I that's one stereotype I don't like is when people hear you know whatever your your rank is and they're like oh never mind you could afford them like, <laughs> yeah, no we <laughs> no, no. Like too. no that's yeah, wow. it's like we, we want to be able to provide a life where our family or kids are taken care of and still be able to enjoy life without feeling like your house broke. You know, we're, we're, right. we're in our our money just goes to live in the house and, and that's it. You know, it's yeah. that's why I do love the fact that on um, bases that there are activities like the MWR provides or, right. you know, the neighborhood community that we live in here, they'll provide little things and crafts that the kids can go do because Unfortunately, you don't always have the means to be able to go, you know, out and about and, and spend some money, but being able to go do these activities, my kids love anything. They we literally will go get maybe some ice cream and that was it. And my daughter would be like, Mom, this is the best day ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to make the most of these little situations because especially when you don't have family or maybe there's no friends or maybe it was just a gloomy, terrible day, the tiniest little thing would just make them so happy because they didn't expect it. Yeah, and you you said you're at Fort Leonard Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad was there um, for a hot second, um, and my mom would go and visit and stuff. And I don't hear much good from from that area. This is the second time we've been here, and oh so my goodness, we heard we were coming back. Oh my god, again. Okay, <laughs> we decided like we're gonna make the most of it this time, yeah, and so that's what you have to do. Yes, and so that's why I was so excited because like. As a, as a spouse and then as a mother, I just felt like there's just too many things where we just get so discouraged. And, and me, I get overwhelmed sometimes because of all these little things we have to take care of, you know, right. for our spouse, for the children. And then you're like, wait, what about me? But then I find out, like, for me, I get that personal joy when I see my kids so happy. I was like, oh, thank God. All that hard work I put into it. They're happy. Okay. Yeah. I can breathe. You guys enjoy it now. I'm going to sit down and, and not talk. <laughs> 
but that's why I created um, my social pages, the WTF Square. I I thought that would be perfect to showcase to other military families who are traveling and going to a duty station that doesn't seem so great right away because you hear things that don't sound great. So it gets you discouraged. And once you hear it and you buy into it, you're like, I already hate it here. I don't like it here. And so when you get here, you're like, I can't wait to leave. And then, so you don't want to explore or do anything because it's already built into your mindset. It's terrible. Right. (laughs) So, and since we came here last, I was like, those are some good things. They have some good food out there. I mean, that was like the hardest part. I was like, I mean, it wasn't the greatest food, but what was the best <laughs> out of the bunch, you know? Yeah. And so like, we got to share this because we travel a lot, um, mainly because where we get stationed usually is like the middle of nothing. Like when he was a Marine, we're in 29 Palms, California. There is nothing around there unless you're going to travel an hour right. or two to something worth going. And then we just came from Fort Polk, Louisiana. And so, again, middle of nothing. So we're right. traveling to Houston, Texas, just to go feel like we did something, even if we weren't really doing anything. We're like, we felt like we got out and it was worth seeing. Or we're like, just to go to the Costco was our trip. Yeah. So I felt like there needs to be something out there available to other spouses and other military families that feel a sense of, okay, I don't feel too bad about going here. Look, on this page, they're showing that there's like a free zoo in St. Louis that we could go to and it looks fun and there's things to do. Oh, this place over here has really good pizza. Let's go check that out. And so I just want to give a sense of hope. And, and show them that you can have fun in an area that doesn't seem great. You just have to go and seek and find it. And I know sometimes it's hard because of everything going on. Do we really have the time and energy to always look? And right. so that's why I created that page to hopefully give that insight that would make them feel good about where they're going or where they're traveling to. Because, you know, we're going to find ourselves PCSing again in, in October after we just got here in December. And so, again, we're going to go through traveling to our next um, duty station and along the road sometimes those trips seem so long for kids and you don't know where to eat or where to go that we want to be able to share that with everybody so when they're on the same route to their next duty station as well they can feel good about like oh let's go check out that ice cream place maybe the kids will enjoy that stop for a little bit and you know it won't seem so bad on the way there or when they get there it won't seem so bad yeah because it's definitely a struggle, you know, especially being somewhere for that short of a period of time, you know, just saying, all right, well, let's settle in the best we can. Let's, you know, get it the negativity out of our brain and make the most of this location where we're going to be and, you know, find these places. And sometimes you don't have the time to find those places. Mm-hmm. So you have to rely on the community to find those places. And you know, having, you know, just a social media page that you can go to and say, hey, like, let's scroll through, find, um, you know, something around where we're at and, you know, make the most of it. What, Like you said, whether that's something, you know, as simple as an ice cream shop. And I think that's what's great. And I, I feel like there's so many pages now popping up, which I love. I love yeah. that a lot of my military spouses are being more outspoken about, you know, their daily lives because, so long, I felt like there was this division between military spouses where when I first became one, I've heard things prior to becoming one where it just made me feel a discouraged to talk to anybody where I was like, I don't think I'm going to get any support. I don't think anyone's going to want to talk to me. I just felt so alone in that it made me not want to go out and talk. And now I'm the person who's probably coming across of like, oh, don't talk to her. She just sticks to herself. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be that way because I was lost. I was 
not sure where to go, that I want to be able to be that person, especially going from a Marine life and an army life and then civilian life. Like we've experienced, you know, normal life to the most chaotic, beautiful life, the military life can provide for you that I want to be able to share those experiences. And even though they may not be the same as somebody else, we've all gone through at least a similar journey. It's just what happened to get to that destination, you know, like what we went through to get there. Everybody has a different way of getting there, but we've all at the end of the day, went to the same kind of the same place or gone through it in some form that I just want people to feel like, comfortable and safe and know that they're not alone in that situation that we're all going through it because I've gone through where I've had a career for so long and then I left that behind and then I'm trying to find myself all over again with that career and I'm I'm going through trying to figure out okay what do I want as a person and what can I do to not let my dreams interfere with his dreams and my kids life and that's the same thing. My husband, when he joined the military, is like, I don't want this life to interfere with your dreams. Like, I want you to succeed and I want you to do what you want to do, despite the fact I'm in the military. Like, what can we do to make sure that everybody's like, there's a happy medium. Yeah. And so when I see all these other spouses and then you as a military child, you know, showcasing their talents, showcasing just their daily lives or just going out there and making things happen. It, it gives me such an inspiration to be like, oh, my gosh, we can do this. Like, I'm 34 years old and I'm still I'm still learning and I'm still growing and trying to figure out who, who I am. But at the same time, I don't want to leave anybody else behind like I want to live to inspire the way my husband wants to live to inspire his team members team members or you know his squad I want to be able to be a person that other people can go to and be like you know what she can do it I can do it you know she's still going for her dreams or she's still you know succeeding in some form like just because you're a spouse a military spouse doesn't mean that you're tied at home but even if you are tied at home it doesn't mean you're not succeeding either because you're doing so much behind the scenes for your family to to live their dreams and to be successful and their kids have these achievements that you're amazing. No matter if you're working or you're a stay-at-home mom, both things are something that should be celebrated. Yeah. And I love that outlook on it because, you know, that's exactly why I started this, you know, to to show the lives of military kids and then, you know, expanding it once I kind of step in, stepped into that significant yeah. other role for a, a moment to say, hey, you know, this life might be crazy. It might be chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're making the most of it. You know, we're living it. We're loving it. And, you know, I don't like to hide the struggles either because that's when, you know, you have people out there who go through, you know, injuries like my dad or mm-hmm. deployments that are are tough deployments or trainings or whatever the case may be that it's just a struggle. And that's when a lot of people feel alone. And that's when it's like, I don't feel like I can go to anyone because you know, they don't know what I'm going through or whatever the case may be. And a lot of the times, like you're telling yourself all these things and it's a lie because you're surrounded by people um, that are going through the same thing, especially if you're close to a base. And even if you're far away from the base, like, you know, we have this technology, like we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier, we have this technology where we can connect with people, social media, you know, it can be, tough in itself um I can say that as like a marketing social media media major 
Um, but it can be tough. It can be, you know, such a a dangerous tool in a sense, but it's incredible. It's incredible that, you know, we can connect with these people. We can share our stories. We can share what we go through um, and make people feel like they're not alone. Even if you're, you know, I'm here in Florida, you're in Fort Leonard Wood. There's people outside of this country, you know, in Germany and Japan mm-hmm. and Korea, in all of these places, still living the same lifestyle we live but just in a different place and we can all connect and we can all be, you know, one big happy military family. Yes. And that's what I love about it because now that over the years, you've seen more of that community come together and and that division that I once saw years ago when I first stepped in, wasn't really there. I think we put that there. We, like you said, we tell ourselves lives sometimes just to either we're, we're trying to protect ourselves or trying to guard our hearts. And because we've gone through so much already with our, like with your dad leaving and, and having, you know, him not being around and then like my husband taking off and not him not being around for all these moments that you feel like you should be here for not realizing no you know we signed up for this because we married them or you you know that's your father you do what you have to do um because you have to that's just at the end of the day you do what you have to do and it's like as a spouse you sometimes feel like okay well what's next for me what am I supposed to do do I just what can I do to keep myself busy especially if you're a stay-at-home mom like when my daughter when we had her and he was able to take care of her, I was able to find that career identity. And then I thought that's what was giving me purpose. And I was like, no, that's not my purpose. It's not my career. Cause I felt like I was just working, working, working and forgetting about what was really important. And what was, I was working to make sure that my family was, you know, financially taken care of so we could buy that house and whatnot. And then finally when it happened, I was like, let's just, we just need to enjoy each other. We need to just enjoy that moment and, and just kind of step, take a step back from all the chaos and the crazy and find what's beautiful. And it could be the tiniest thing, like going for a walk or let's just go enjoy each other or watch TV or just read it or just ask how your day was. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really have, and sometimes I do get a little envious because even though we're all the same, sometimes you do see other people have these lives, like, especially with social media, like I said, it can be very dangerous because it's like, you put yourself in this little bubble of like, but that spouse is doing this, and this spouse has all these friends, and this spouse is achieving all these accomplishments, and look at me, I'm not, what am I doing? Because you try to reminisce on like the life you had before, you know, before it kept going that career, before you had to leave your career, before, you know, the military really took off again. And, you know, you had a career before and then it went away and then you had a career again somewhere in between. And, and it's like, you are trying to just find this identity, but you're forgetting just to be you. And and when you just enjoy the moment in front of you, you realize who you really are and what's really important and what really matters. And that's why I I try to make those, my videos fun for people. Like I just try to put like this fun, happy music behind it. And it's really just the kids in their moment. I don't stage anything. Like just go, have fun, just you, go do whatever. Yeah. Because I think there needs to be this realness and honest honesty to it because it's just, I think when people see the real you and what you're really providing, then people tend to be more drawn to that because like you said, then they could be like, Oh, you are just like me. You are going through what I'm going through. And if you show the good, the bad and the ugly, then people will be able to understand and relate to that a lot better because nothing's perfect. (laughs) Being a military spouse isn't perfect. Being a mom isn't perfect. Just being yourself isn't perfect. Cause I think for me, I, 
don't have that close net military like friends. I don't have, I'm, I'm literally, I stay in a bubble and I think I've just always been that way since I was a kid and my husband's the same way. <laughs> he, he would think we're probably like the most talkative out. like, we go out there and we have fun, but I don't think we're just so used to putting that on because we have to when we're put in situations. But when we come home, we're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We're just, we're just hanging out with each other. We prefer just to be home. We prefer not to do, you know, when people ask us, my husband used to get this all the time. I think it's funny all the time. Like his, his soldiers or, or, or in the Marines, they would ask him, Hey, do you want to go to a barbecue? We're having it this weekend. Or, Hey, do you want to go have dinner? My wife wants to go do this. Or just in general things where they would ask him like, let's go hang out, ask your wife. And he would pretend to text me and he'll tell me when he comes home, like, by the way, somebody invited us to this, but I told them, no, that you didn't feel like it. You know, you have the baby. <laughs> Like my wife just, you know, our baby's not feeling well or my wife's not up to it. For whatever reason, I always get the blame. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I go, that's fine. We probably wouldn't. We're socially awkward. <laughs> like, do we just sit here and wait for someone to strike a conversation? Or right. like we usually when we do go, finally do go, we're like in this little corner of just us. And we're waiting. <laughs> we don't really know only but the host. We only know the host. Like we don't know anybody else. Like, yeah. And they're like off in another place. So we're like, we'll just stay for like 20, 30 minutes. Let the kids have some fun, run around. And then we'll go and just like say, you know, all the kids need their nap. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's one of those things where I, I do miss that though. I do love seeing the how people have these best friends and these military spouses. Like, oh, we're going to have this game night or whatnot. I'm like, I would love that. But I'm like... I don't know how to put myself out there to do that. <laughs> and then I'm so afraid as a spouse, especially us being here only for a certain length. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to leave. I, maybe it's better I don't make friends right now. I don't put myself out there to leave. I'm going to leave you and I'm going to be attached and be like, oh, I miss my friend. And yeah. I don't want to be let down or disappointed. And I think that's what I think what it comes down to, too. It's like you for so long, I think there's so many disappointments in all the good stuff. It's like you, you know, my husband didn't get the you know, like he didn't want, he wanted to be a Marine and didn't get the Marines again. And, you know, you get right. all these little tiny disappointments or like I've applied for so many positions well since he's been in and I, you know, you get that denial before getting an interview and you get so discouraged and you're like, Oh my goodness, I just want to contribute. I want to help. Right. You don't want <laughs> more so, disappointment. Yes. And so I'm like, I, I guess I'm going to stay in my bubble for just a little bit longer, but <laughs> that's why I love my page. Cause it allows me, no one can see me live in that moment. I'm just, ha I'm just, I'm going for it. I'll just yeah. press record and go for it. Cause then I could just be myself. And so that's what I love. Again, that honesty, that realness, because I think other people need to see like, it's okay if life doesn't work out the way you want it to, because there's good that's awaiting for you. Maybe, you know, God didn't want that for you because there's something better for you. And so I feel like we just need to enjoy what we got right now. Forget about the crazy. And enjoy <laughs> no, I love that because you have to, I mean, you know, every duty station's different. Every family is different. Some people are more willing to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're there for, you know, only a couple of months and you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's it's going to be a little different here. But, you know, you have these different personalities everywhere. And that's one thing I love is just everything comes together. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully your next duty station won't be like this. That's, <laughs> you know? that's what. That's why I love it. I was like, okay, I love volunteering and that's like big for me. And then yeah. I feel like I find myself putting myself out there in that form yeah. because I'm doing something good for somebody else. And I usually love to volunteer when it comes to military stuff. Like I'm a big Blue Star family volunteer and like, I feel like by helping the military community, I'm contributing because that's where, our, that's my community. That's my family. And that's where 
I feel most fulfilled is being able to see other military families feel loved and appreciated. And like, again, you're not alone. And I feel like that's what they offer. And I feel like being a part of that makes me feel good because again, there's no handbook that says, this is how you do it. This is where you go. This is what you need. Like I felt so lost again, even though I felt like I knew enough, I felt lost again, moving here to Missouri again, because my Mm -hmm. daughter, our oldest has, um, originally had an IEP for speech no longer need I'm so happy she no longer needs her IEP for speech but she does need some assistance for um she gets uh she has situational anxiety so like most people like ourselves depending where we're at we're like feel a little overwhelmed and I think that comes from that military life a little bit because you know know what to expect and so when she's taking tests you can see other kids finishing first and you're like oh my goodness am I am I gonna finish on time it's like just unfortunately some kids are just faster than others and that's okay and so I try to tell her you just it's okay if you're not the first one and it's okay if you're the last one because at the end of the day you got it done and that's what's most important but I didn't realize that there were services or things out there to put in place to help kids like herself and I felt so lost when I got here because I was like I fought so hard for that IEP and I was like it didn't qualify here because it was different standards like they don't need that anymore but I was like but she needed this help (laughs) so much and so it's like you really have to dig and look for those resources and that help and it's like why are we so lost as as spouses like why is there no resource tool book but that's what I love about these extra um like being a part of like blue stars or communities or being a part of social media seeing these other families go through these things because now I'm like oh I could do this and I had like teachers advocating from the other schools like the military community will not leave you alone if you ask for help you're never going to get that help if you're just sitting behind or just waiting and then stressing yourself out going, where do I go? There are people out there who've gone through it. It's just a matter of putting yourself out there and you kind of have to in order to get that information needed. And so now finally I got everything I need and I feel so good. I'm like, yes, we're getting the help that we need, but it's just a matter of not feeling like you are alone because you're not. Yeah. And you know, it was when I moved from Ohio to Texas, I had just tested gifted in Ohio. And then we came to Texas and um, I obviously had to retest, but I didn't meet their standards. So it's so hard, you know, going between the different, the different schools, the different um, cities and counties and their requirements versus, you know, for us, Ohio's requirements to Texas requirements, it's so challenging. And, you know, there's not this, there's not that guidebook. You don't get handed, you know, and that's the struggle. And it really is. And I think that's the thing is we don't realize that there's help or a way to figure that out. Like, I'm sure I don't know if there was a way for you to determine whether or not we can get some sort of form to keep that going for you in the other school. But Every state has their own requirements and we don't realize that because we're thinking, well, we're military, we're in a military community, you know, school, it should have just been transferable. Or this is a a, a document that you said that nothing can be changed and they didn't you didn't realize that if you went to another state, it can be changed. (laughs) Like, okay, great, now what? And so I'm so grateful for the military community because I would not have known the options that were available to me if I wasn't a part of that, and you know, or I, I didn't seek that help, or I didn't have people who are rallying for my daughter, or rallying for our family. It's like, you're not going to have the support unless you go out there and seek that support. And so the military community, it really is a tight family if you allow them in. 
because and like I said in the beginning, I didn't let anybody in. And now as, as years go on, we're finally realizing, you know, we, again, we really are all the same and we shouldn't leave each other behind because what I went through, somebody else might have gone through and I would love to let them know, like, just go to, you know, especially for my daughter in particular, if we had just went to the school support services on post, <laughs> we would have known what to do, but I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't realize that there was somebody there to help you with, if this is at your school for your daughter now, let's figure out how to get it to another state or what requirements are needed to get it there. And if they don't have it, let's go this route. You know, you don't know those things until, you know, you, you need to know. And that's unfortunate that you don't know until you need, but Again, that guidebook would be really handy. So if any military spouse are out there, you know, I'd love to team up with you. Let's make. Oh my god! Absolutely, I think it's it's great. Yeah. Um, One thing that I always like to ask uh, spouses and children, but what is a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is in your shoes? Um, I would say. Make sure that you don't lose yourself. That's most important because you love your person, you love your service member. And if you have kids, of course, ultimately you want to do what's best for them. And and I, I would say don't think like we talked about earlier, don't feel like you're hurting your children by having them be part of the military life because it's a beautiful life if you embrace it that way. If you go into it thinking, oh, there's no stability, your kids are always, you know, going from one school to another school, but there is stability. They're going to be three to four years. I mean, there isn't going to stop the fact that they're not going to, you know, maybe graduate at that particular school when they first start it. But at the end of the day, we as parents or need to be that support and let them know everything's going to be okay. We have to be able to have, make sure that there's communication between yourself, your children and your spouse, no matter what you guys go through, there needs to be some sort of conversation on the steps and the process or the things that are going to happen in your guys' lives. Because I think communication is one of the bigger things that we forget about because especially as a service member, yes, they're going through A, B and C, or they might have a training, but if you don't talk about what they're going through, then they may feel like they don't have anybody. You can say, oh, I support you, but you're not talking to them physically about their day. You're not asking about like, hey, what hardship did you go through? Or did you get frustrated? Do you know, did someone upset you? Or did you know, did you have a good day in general? And then right. with your children, same thing, ask them about their day, talk to them. You know, I tell my daughter all the time when she come in, I go, tell me one good thing, one bad thing. Tell me the bad thing first. And then yep. we could talk about what made it better. I think that's, <laughs> she loved that. I think that helped her so much because once we talk about that bad thing, we're like, okay, let's figure out how to make that turn around and make it sound, you know, make it better. Or how can we make it better for the next day? Let's go into it in this form. And then we talk about that good thing. Like, see, that bad thing wasn't that bad. Cause look how great your day really was. And yeah. so I think that's helped her out. And then before she gets off to school, I always say, you're amazing, right? You're amazing. Remember, no matter what happens, you're amazing. And you look forward to something. I think we all need to look forward to something because if we go each day in a routine, we're going to get lost in that routine because then our days feel repetitive. they kind of have that groundhog day feeling where it's like, I already went through this. I'm doing it again. I'm going <laughs> to get up, make lunch, make breakfast, clean you know, or do work if you're working, but it just feels repetitive that you feel like, okay, 
again and again and again that you become overwhelmed and you feel tired mentally and physically that I think we need to find something to look forward to that will mix up our day and it's like even if it's like pizza Friday we're just gonna have pizza today or we're gonna make it or you know today we're gonna just all watch a movie together or we're just all gonna go outside and we're just gonna go kick the ball around something different that you can look forward to that everybody knows is gonna happen that if your day is bad for whatever reason you're like, it's okay. It's going to get better. I know we're going to go play ball later. I know we're going to go get ice cream later. We're going to hang out together. I think that's going to be the, the most beneficial to any military life because this military life can be so unpredictable. If you at least have something to look forward to in the unpredictability, it, it feels so much better that you're like, okay, that I didn't expect, but I'm going <laughs> to go do this. Okay. I'm going to keep my mind off of it. It's fine. It's, it's okay. I can't control that, but I can control this. We need to find something we can't control. And it's usually our emotions, even though we don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it really is. It's our attitude towards everything. Because if we have a bad attitude coming in or waking up with a bad attitude, the rest of the day is not going to go well. And so that's why I think it's so important. I think my advice to military spouses is just look forward to something. Do something for just you at some point during the day. And then do something with your family. So this way you feel like that everybody got a little bit of something and no one feels left out about it. And again, it could be the simplest thing. Just writing a note to your husband and your his lunch and your children and their lunch. You know, good vibes for your, even for yourself. Put it somewhere that you tied it away that when you're going through things, you find it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that made me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And where can people connect with you on social media? So we have, I have a personal page, which is open on Instagram, which is more than fine because it's just pictures of our life. And that's um, Mrs. Munoz. So it's M-R-S-M-U-N-O-Z. The numbers one, two, three, and eight. Those numbers all represent my kid's birthday in some form and my husband. So they're all in there. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can, and then as far as um, following us on our travel page. So WTF Square Team Moon Adventures. Um, the handle for it is at WTF Square. And the reason why it's called WTF, and I know a lot of I've had this question before, they're like, <laughs> like women. It's like, no, that's not that's not a here. <laughs> I'm trying to stay despite the marine life and army life. I mean, that sometimes can come natural to some, to, to some people. My husband every now and then a little slip, but that's okay. <laughs> but no, our, <laughs> that's not what that is. Um, so WTF square. So it's, we try food, we travel far. So I was like, let me combine it because we, yes. we're trying new places to eat. We're, we're traveling to new destinations and we want to share that with everybody else. Because again, we want to shine a light in the darkness. This military life can seem so dark if you don't know where you're going. And just in general, life can feel that way. You don't even have to be a military spouse to feel like, oh my gosh, what, what's next for me in life? Or you could just be, your husband could feel that way, your father could feel that way, your brother, sister, anybody could feel like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm so overwhelmed. There's just so much going on. Where do I go? What do I do? And so for us, we call ourselves Team Moon. It will kind of play off on our last name, Munoz, because it has that moon with it. But the moon ultimately for us resembles the light in the darkness. So we want to be able to represent being the light in the dark worlds, things that are unknown, being able to shine light on your duty station, your travels, places you don't know about, 
because we've been there so many times traveling, going to new places, going to a new duty station and knowing nothing. And people tell us uh, one restaurant tastes good. And we go and we're like, Who, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? Especially being military. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like in military yes. communities, like people come from like West Coast, East Coast, and they tell you like, oh, this Mexican food is really good. I'm like, where where are you from again? Like, you thought this Mexican <laughs> food was good? Like, this is not Mexican food. We get spoiled food. with close. food everywhere. Like, Ohio was okay. full-on Italian. We got really good Italian. And then Texas, mm-hmm. Mexican, Tex-Mex, tacos galore. Yeah. And Florida, we get seafood. So I totally get that. You're you're spoiled and with then, food. Yes, and when we came, when we're originally from California, so we got so used to certain Chinese foods, certain pizzas, and and then um, especially being the huge Mexican, like Hispanic, we're Hispanic, and has that huge like Mexican food growing up. You you get used to certain foods, and then when you travel off and you go to Colorado, oh Colorado, I love Colorado. I will never complain about the food there. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody. We have one off. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> the vast majority everything was so good. And then now, then we went to Fort Polk, and I was like, oh, there's no good pizza. There's no good Chinese food. And then we're here in Missouri, and I'm like, oh my god, you have to really travel to find food. And it's like, I think it's important that people know what's available and what is good. I mean, yeah, maybe they may not take my word for it because they might have different taste buds or used to certain things. But I think if they see it, the the realness of it and see the kids eating it, especially kids. If my kids, kids are picky and my kids are probably one of the pickiest. <laughs> if they like it, you know it's going to be good and you need to try it. So we'll put the must try approval or you might see the don't try this like at all. Don't go near it. Yeah. Um, we even went to a, uh, like a strawberry festival this weekend. I won't say where because I won't embarrass this place at all because I think they were the sweetest little farm. But the yeah. strawberries were so bad. And I was oh. like, no, the showcase. I was so excited to take my kids love strawberries. I was like, let's go. And I was like, no, every single strawberry was like mushy. And I was like, no, we'll just talk about the good thing that we came and got here. So we got this really great lemonade and I had to showcase that. Cause like, that was the highlight of the strawberry. Yeah. But like, if you find something good, I think we need to explore the good. Cause too many times you see bad stuff, like everywhere posted or social media, anything you hear bad things. Let's talk about the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, please continue to talk about the good stuff. And, you know, thank you so much for being on the podcast, sharing what it's like for you as a military spouse, even in this crazy life and, you know, making people feel less alone. Thank you. And thank you so much for doing this and being able to give um, the military community a voice, because even if they don't have a page like myself, I think it's important that they have an outlet somewhere. So I, I love that you're able to do that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.